Street Champs, come get put on. Today I'm in here with a very special guest, Tim Trujillo, the MC of Pueblo House Talent that just recently happened. Tim, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. It's nice to uh, have a break today after the long three weeks of the Pueblo House Talent. I bet that's they, that's a demanding job for you. You have to be there all the time. Yeah, you know, so the open auditions are like eight hours. We started about nine o'clock in the morning. Um, we see uh, open auditions until about six o'clock that evening. Oh, wow. And then uh, we go from there to the top 50 at Memorial Hall. I think that was probably a four and a half hour show, five hour show this year. Um, and then the top 25 yesterday. Wow. And you have to be there for every single uh, act? <clears throat> you know, I like to be there for every single act. So like the open auditions are my favorite part. Like everybody has a reason, right? Like what I, and I try to find that out when I when I meet the people that are coming up to audition is what's your what's your reason for being here and so uh, I cry a few times that day with people because sometimes it's like people they're singing for their dad who passed away or um, their mom always wanted them to get up on stage and some of these folks have never been up on a stage before and I mean you're in the middle of Pueblo Mall you're vulnerable everybody's watching your friends are there strangers are walking by uh, so to me that's that's my favorite part. Once we get to Memorial Hall, it's a show. But when we're in the mall and we're doing those open auditions, we saw like 90 people this year. Uh, I get to be kind of personal with those folks and I start to root for them, you know, and so that makes it fun the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. Kind of seeing the, the number, the numbers get weeded out. Is that kind of like an emotional thing to have to deliver those those no's? So I don't have to do that. So Jesse <laughs> Senna puts on the show. He makes the calls after the top. Or after the open auditions, uh, he makes the calls to the top 50, and then he makes the calls the next day to the top 25. So uh, I don't like a whole lot of responsibility. I show up, I run the show, I leave, and then I don't. I try not to think about it. And one thing, I don't want to be a part of the scoring. I don't want to be a part of who's being selected because I want to root for you. You know what I mean? I want to be in your corner. I want to try to give you a little bit of advice. Um, so I don't have anything to do with how that scoring goes and how those judges do their job. Mm -hmm. um. Not having the responsibility, but you kind of like you're kind of the face of the whole thing. You know, when people think the show, they see you for what ninety percent of the whole show. Yeah, it is, and that is uh, there is a lot of responsibility there. And my job there is just to keep the show going, keep people entertained, keep them in their seats. Uh, we're there for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to hold people's attention for five hours, especially when you're sitting in seats in Memorial Hall. It's dark. Mm -hmm. You know, you're eating popcorn and drinking soda pop and. You got to pay attention to me for six hours. That's I can't imagine what those poor people go through. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, before we get into you know all what you're doing right now, I wanna I wanna take a step back into, you know who who you are and where you came from. Uh, how old are you? So I'm 46 years old. Uh, I grew up on the east side. Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, I was kind of a naughty kid growing up. Really. So. Uh, growing up, all I ever wanted to be was a firefighter. Like since I was a little kid, and I know a lot of people say that, but like um, that was my dream but i was <clears throat> the same kid you see on the stage that doesn't stop talking is the same kid that was in the classroom that wouldn't stop talking and so uh it was hard for me to like do good in school and then we were naughty kids you know the first time i ever got arrested was in the sixth grade for stealing bikes like they came and got me out of school and oh wow took me down to where bruise ale house is now went up in the elevator and got interrogated and my mom and dad had to come and get me and so i was kind of that naughty kid i didn't know uh, I didn't know what direction to go, right? Everybody in my neighborhood was doing the same thing. Everybody did dirt. It's just what we did. Mm -hmm. uh, fighting, hanging out in the park, playing basketball, stealing bikes, whatever it was. Um, and then even as an adult, like I had a bunch of different jobs. We laugh at work now that it took me 12 years to get on the fire department. I first applied when I was 19 years old. I didn't get hired until I was 32. Wow. But I was like on home arrest or probation or in trouble with the law. And so... I didn't know what to do exactly. And then 
I met an adult mentor. I started to work for somebody who kind of took a chance on me and who cared. Um, and I'd never had that before, right? Someone who was successful, who was able to tell me to exactly. just get away. His name was Ted Hernandez from Spectrum Community Services. So my first job, um, that wasn't like just labor. Like I worked at the mill. I was a union guy at the mill and I carried drywall and roofing. And I did those dirty jobs that nobody wanted to do because it was just easy. Like we talked about earlier. I didn't want no responsibility. I wanted to just live my life, drink beer, fight on the weekends and go to work, you know, maybe put some money in the bank and not go to work for a month and just hang out and do hood stuff. But uh, then when I met... You have any gang? Uh, you know, every people down there were affiliated. Your block is your block, you know what I mean? And to us, like even back then, um, one of the most, I guess, one of the full circle things that happened was like I graduated in 1994 from East. And there was, we set the record in the state for murders. Denver set the record in the state for murders that year. Um, and so when I came back to Pueblo and I got on the fire department, I had the opportunity to sit on House Bill 94, which was named after 1994. And that was uh, juvenile uh, crime prevention group. And so we got to kind of, I got to help as a community member steer how we were dealing with youth in the community and how we were dealing with youth that were committing crimes in the community. So uh, we discussed everything from like not having so many random drug tests, right? Like kids are using marijuana to, to self take to take care of themselves you know and we're taking that away and so now they're not they don't have those other options or resources and they're getting in trouble for it you know and so uh i had at least had the opportunity to be a part of that i sat on that commission for a few years um but i worked with adults with developmental disabilities that was like the job that changed me it, it made me humble those people loved unconditionally um and i was angry unconditionally and for no reason right and so once you meet somebody that's happy for no reason, those folks with Down syndrome, like, happy every day. What, what age was this when you got that I job? was about 21 when I got into that field. And that kind of changed me. And then at 24, um, I met Ted Hernandez from Spectrum, and he offered me a job in La Junta. They had a volunteer fire department. He was like, go, get away. Um, I moved to La Junta. I thrived. I got on their fire department. I had a job. I went from, like the mill here being dirty every day to wearing suits and going to work. And I had a secretary all of a sudden I was in charge of payroll and making sure people got their paychecks and going out and taking care of these adults with developmental disabilities. And okay. so I went from not wanting any responsibility whatsoever to like all the responsibility in the world. Right. Especially for a kid like me who never really graduated high school. I had 0 .0, 0 GPA. My mom still has the report card when I was like a senior in high school. Um, I got all my credits at summer school at central like I was not uh, on the right path. And mm -hmm. so when I got to Lahana, I got to meet some people who had no uh, reason to take me in, but they were the most, that was the most amazing community I could have ever gone to. The folks out there were just cool people. And so I got to be on the fire department out there for five and a half years, uh, grew up a little bit, met my ex-wife, my daughter. Um, and then we moved back to Pueblo and I got on the fire department here in uh, 2009. So I've been on the fire department here for 15 years. Wow. Um, all right, so between, I want I want to keep going back to uh, a little bit younger. Uh, growing up, instead, you said you got arrested at sixth, sixth grade. grade. When, when was the last time you were arrested? Oh shoot! I moved to Lahana in when I was twenty four. This was like two thousand and two, actually. And the weekend I moved down there, I, I everything I had was in my truck. Like I lived out of my truck. Oh, wow. I took everything with me that was uh, value to me was was under a a cab on my truck and then one night we're out the next weekend we come back to Pueblo uh 
We're doing some hood stuff. I miss a turn, driving too fast, drive through a guy's porch. Oh, wow. Uh, ditch my car, run. Got to go and talk to the police on Sunday to get my truck back. Uh, we worked on my truck all day Sunday, and I drove back to Lahana Monday morning to back to my job that I'd only been on for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't come home for a little bit after that. So what's what's hood stuff? Uh, you know, like we like to fight and mm-hmm. do bad the things that kids did back then things the kids are doing now and so um graffiti stuff like that or was that oh uh, no it was a little bit deeper than that oh yeah i know oh. but we, like you were all like selling stuff on the block or what uh no i never sold drugs and that's why i didn't do drugs because i i saw the people that did sell drugs and those mm. guys they, it was always hard for them you know what i mean like uh the people who were doing it and the people who were selling it those those folks had hard lives man and i wasn't i wasn't i didn't want to have that hard a life like I might take some wheels or car stereo or something like that. Uh, but yeah, we didn't want to, I didn't, I personally didn't want to have that, that kind of a life because I grew up in it. Like um, I saw it with some family. Um, I had like two different sides. One side of my family was into those kind of things. And then we have a little place in New Mexico where the other side of the family was like real quiet and mallow. And that was kind of the life that I wanted to live. I wasn't always like this outgoing and talkative. I was kind of shy and reserved. Um, but then when you're forced to talk to people, it kind of it kind of started to come easy to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe I just had a whole bunch of stuff to say. Mm-hmm. Like when did you kind of notice your personality <clears throat> changing? I think I've always been funny and mm-hmm. I've always kind of enjoyed myself. Uh, so, like I said, when I was a little kid, I was loud and talked a lot in school and was always in trouble. And then I went through that teenage years like a lot of kids do and got real quiet and reserved and had big acne so i would didn't talk to girls oh, i was really? awkward you know what i mean so fighting was just easier it was a lot easier to fight than to talk to people and especially when you're like that age and you can't talk to girls you got a problem mm-hmm. you know and <laughs> i did anyway it made me angry and so uh, that's how i dealt with it well wow. started drinking early and what age oh geez probably 14 oh wow yeah like heavy drinking at 14 and so um, that led to a lot of problems like i had I had more underage drinking tickets than I had years on this planet. And so, like, it was a joke after a while because none of none of it made any difference, right? They were killing kids around us and people were getting in trouble around us. And, like, I don't think we ever thought that we would make it mm-hmm. out of there, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but the guys that did, man, are super successful and uh, at least family men doing good things. And so you can, ma- you can get out, right? And so when I did get back to Pueblo, um, and I got on the fire department, I started a kids program. And so we do some mentoring with kids. Uh, we talk to kids about um, just like the path, being nice, being kind, being respectful, helping each other out. And those things that are hopefully going to make a difference in their lives. A little bit of fitness mixed in there. So mm-hmm. it's been good. I, I think that's a that's a thought that probably a lot of people, not just on the east side, but like around Pueblo feel like trapped. Like, man, ah, this city has, seemed, it has a bad reputation, uh, maybe for the people that you associate with. They kind of steer you in that in that in that way, but um, yeah, I don't think you're alone when you say, "Man, I feel so trapped," or "I was so trapped here." Yeah, and and that's not uh, and, but that's not true though, right? Like once you get out of it and you realize that you guys are doing that, you guys are making a difference, you know, and you're you see in the positive side of it. We could live in those dark spaces, mm-hmm. but we don't have to. We don't have to thrive in those dark spaces. There's plenty of opportunity here. We know it. The art, just like Pueblo has talent, the music the coffee right like everything here is better because of our youth and they're not feeling as trapped as maybe they did there are still those pockets of kids who live in bad environments and um 
it's hard to get to them, right, sometimes. But those of us that are seeing the positive side, we can have that reach, mentor somebody. I say that all the time. Like, take someone under your wing and make a difference in their life. It made a difference for me to find an adult mentor. Like, that totally changed and probably saved my life. Wow. Where is, he, where is your mentor today? Uh, I hope he's retired on a beach somewhere. But I know his business is still on the south side. He supports uh, local sports. Like, his name's all over Dutch Clark Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, He's still out there doing his thing. And he's, like I say, it's good people, right? It was somebody that took a chance. And that's, that's the best thing we could do is change one life. And so uh, I started a program called Fire Fit Kids with the fire department about eight years ago. Um, we bring those kids into a fire station once a month. They get to visit the station. We do a little obstacle course so they get their exercise. Um, then they get to meet the people that live and work in their neighborhood. And so I tell the story that, like, when I was young, <clears throat> I'd ride my bike to the fire station on the east side pull around the corner, flatten my tire, go ring the doorbell, ask him if I could use the pump just so I could see the trucks. Oh, really? Yeah, and so, like, that's what I did. And so once I got the opportunity to come back here and kind of make that open, we go to a different fire station every month. So even if you have problems accessing transportation, at some point throughout the year, we're going to be in your neighborhood. You know, your family could walk over and do a fire station tour, meet the people that work there. And my hope and my goal with that was, like, to create that safe haven so that, you know, if you want to ring that doorbell, we don't close. We're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? If you need to ring that doorbell because you're in crisis or you're having a bad day or you're being bullied or you're running from trouble, ring that doorbell. There should be always someone there to answer that door. And to me, that was uh, something that, like you said, when you're hopeless in the dark, you don't see those opportunities. And so we wanted to make that and bring that out into the light. And that's it's been a really cool program. So the kids that were... 10 then or 17 now and maybe they'll be on our job in the next two years you know and that would be pretty cool to me when we fire hire our first fire fit kid wow yeah that's gonna be totally full, full circle um how many fire departments are or how many fire stations are in pueblo so there's 10 stations in the city of pueblo mm. um we have one out at the airport uh, and then the other nine are in the city so uh, we're our coverage area is pretty good we just got uh, funding to open an 11th station on the west side. It's going to go up there by the new jail off of 24th Street. Oh, wow. um, and that's going to be a pretty cool opportunity, too. So that we'll hire more firefighters for that. We're going to bring in another big ladder truck, which is what I'm on. Um, and so that's going to expand our service to the city. Mm-hmm. Is there a, is there any, like, unspoken, like, I don't know, tension between police officers and firefighters in Pueblo? You know what? We get along pretty good. Really? Um, and I think, like I said, coming from being that bad kid, like, our police officers now, for the most part, are good dudes, man. I've seen them go out of their way to work with people, to help people, to buy kids bikes, to sit even on the curb and just talk to somebody having a bad day instead of taking them to jail. Um, I have nothing but respect for those guys. Like I, I've been on this job for 15 years, um, and I can't remember one time where I, I've been there and thought that they were doing something inappropriate. They're always stepping up, and they are like – they motivate me to be better because we're, we're in that position where everybody trusts us. Most of the time, everybody likes us. And those guys are out there doing a whole bunch of stuff, man, to, to make this community better. And so to me, um, and everybody hates them for some reason, you know what? And it's just that stigma. Like that's the world that we live in, you know, and don't judge me until you know me, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Don't judge me until you met me until we've had a conversation, you can't judge these folks. And hopefully the conversation you have isn't on the side of the road because you've been speeding or whatever. That's always going to be negative, Mm -hmm. you know, but they're doing their job and that's what they're there to do. And so, uh, I've had nothing but great interactions with them from their police chief on down. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's been pretty cool. All right. So going back on the timeline of things, uh, you graduate high school in 94, yeah. 94. You don't go to college. You no, said. no. You don't go to college. Was that even like a thought? 
I signed up for every branch of the military except for the Navy because I can't swim oh, really? and got thrown out of each one before I ever got to leave. And wow. so that was my that was uh, why'd you get thrown out? Because I couldn't stop getting in trouble. Oh, really? You know, they they don't want kids with tickets and you can't have no pending cases. You can't be on oh. probation or oh, community service. And so uh, that really was like my first part of getting into the community and working with youth was it was easy to just get arrested, go pay your fine. You know, sell some red cups from a keg, catch some money, go pay your fine, and then go volunteer and coach Little League sports. And so that was my community service. So I was coaching kids in the community because the judge ordered me to, you know, and then that carried on to adulthood. I coached kids here for a long time. I coached a little bit in Lahana when I was out there. Um, I coached a little bit when I came back, but parents are different. I like kids, man. Parents are tough when it comes to youth <laughs> sports. So, Yeah, I see those signs all around Runyon. It's like this is a game. <laughs> yeah, you, you know? gotta. You're, as a parent, you can't want it more than the kid. Yeah, and yeah. we see that a lot. But uh, we have good sports here. You know what I mean? Pueblo's a tough town. So you have any kids? I do. I have a 21 year old daughter. She's a softball player at CSU Pueblo. She's a pitcher. Pretty amazing little girl. Uh, young woman. She's not a little girl anymore. And then a 12 year old son. He'll be 13 coming up, and he's a little cowboy out at Vineland. Uh, middle school really that's where mm-hmm. i went to middle school actually yeah he loves it out there he really? loves it out there he's thriving out there in that ag program and gets to wear his boots and his jeans to school and that kid's happy as can be that's hilarious man all right mm. are you single now i am you single right now <laughs> that's cool what what of uh why i feel like you know i feel like an eligible bachelor like you you know name popular around town i feel like you meet a lot of you know you, know, you nice wouldn't women. i don't meet as many people as you would think like when you're up especially one like when you're up on that stage you don't even see you know that when you're up there you don't even see the people in that crowd and then like i say i don't want to be a part of most of the other part the like the circumstance of it i show up i leave and that's it you know and but on the other side of it like i like my freedom man i i got a little place in new mexico i like to pick up and go when i want to go you know and i want to get my golf clubs and go play golf when i want to go play golf and uh, I kind of enjoy that part of it. There's a, something to be said about having a little bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. Wow. My son says we're like two college kids that have our own house. Like we got a <laughs> we got a mini putt putt in our basement. We got a theater down there. We we just uh, we're kind of doing our own thing over there on Eilers Avenue. Yeah, that sounds. I mean, that sounds ideal for a lot of like uh, for, probably for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people are probably like, oh, I need my significant other, but. Uh, I'm kind of in your boat. I like my freedom. I like to just not talk to anyone for days at a time or hang out with whoever I want. Exactly. When you got good friends, like you got a good group of friends, right? Like it does get lonely sometimes, but like I never feel alone. You know what I mean? You can pick up the phone, call your buddies, call your friends, go have dinner, go have a drink, you know, whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, every once in a while you wish there was somebody else there. Mm-hmm. Man, now I'm sad. it happens bro and it comes and goes right happiness comes and goes you just gotta wait for those good times to come back around again that's fair all right so back on the uh back on the timeline of things um when did you first host pueblo has talent oh that's messing me up so uh covid messed up everything right especially timelines so i believe i hosted Two years before COVID, and I want to say I hosted two years post-COVID. So, 2018? So, yeah, I think that would have been about it. I uh, I was a judge the first year, oh, and really? I have no talent, bro. No artistic ability, no music ability. I can't dance. I got nothing to offer, and I felt bad mm-hmm. about sitting up there, 
judging all of these amazing people. So I went to Jesse and I was like, I can't be a judge. Like, whatever you want to call it. Like, I can't sit here and tell those people they're not good enough to go on when I can't do any of the things that they're doing. And so he was like, you should just be the host. Mm. So that's how that turned out. And then uh, prior to that, um, I was just asked to do some other events. Like, I have no experience in hosting anything. Like, I didn't go to college for it. I had never done it before. I just, one day, somebody, I think it was even for, like, Catholic Charities, was doing, like, a Christmas fun run or something. And they were like, Tim, will you come and just be, like, the the MC for it because you say you get away with things that most other people don't get away with. And so I was like, sure, I'll come out and yell at people. So I go out there and yell at people and that kind of had just snowballed from there. So like now I do, uh, Pueblo has talent. I MC, uh, dancing with the Pueblo stars. And I did that. I danced in that first. And then I've been the MC. Uh, I emceed it last year. I'll MC it again this year. Uh, I'm going to do 40 under 40 for the Mm -hmm. Latino chamber of commerce this year. Um, I host IMC, our firefighter ball now. Um, and so it is just uh, a matter of, get, I, I, I just want to get up there and be myself, right? I'm still this cholo dude from the east side. You're probably going to hear orale more than you expect it to. When I did the firefighter ball, the DJ was like, I never thought that somebody would request SPM at the firefighter ball, especially the dude that was oh, running no. the show. So uh, that's uh, that's where we went from there. And, and Pueblo Has Talent's been a good time. Yeah, that's a constant. I mean, you said, what, four to five uh event so if you that's a you break them up by months you know you're doing something about every three four months oh yeah oh yeah dude i never thought i would have this many ties or suits yeah you know what i mean like just trying to keep it fresh uh has been something so if anybody wants to be a sponsor for my fit we'll take that too but yeah it is it's hard to like get out there and be try to be fresh every time right not tell the same joke over and over or you know do the same thing because everybody expects something different pueblo has talent it's kind of, I get to run the show when I'm up on the stage because it is just chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no script. There's no, uh, we're not fundraising for anything. There's not a board of directors that wants their message out there. So it is just me up there winging it, trying to make it comfortable for everybody. But then you do something like uh, Dancing for, with the Pueblo Stars. That's that All that money goes to PDI, which works with adults with developmental disabilities too. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most amazing places in town. And so when I'm up on the stage for them, it is about that fundraising side. It is about that messaging side. And so it's a little bit more scripted. Um, I've done some stuff for the United Way where they're really, really good at giving me the script. And I'm really, really bad at looking at the script. And we kind of just make things, uh, you know, work that way. I got to work with um, the gentleman that won America Has Talent when he was in town for uh, the United Way. This oh, What's his name? Oh, gosh. You're going to. There's like the 40. Spot. There's like 40 seasons. He was the poet. Right I know. He just won it, and he came back for like the All Star. Really? Yeah. I have no idea. I know everybody loved him. He was super inspirational. Everybody was crying, and I was just trying to read my script to get through it. But he, uh, I got to do that. So like, those are cool opportunities. You know, my kids got to meet him. My mom got to meet him. Um, hmm. So, it sounds like a like a there maybe like a way to boil it down to a few words. It sounds like a fun life i guess sounds like sounds like you like uh you you had your mis- missteps but you ended up in a great place it makes you more appreciative right mm-hmm. like i appreciate everything that i have because i shouldn't have anything mm-hmm. so i'm appreciative of every day i'm appreciative of every friend uh it, and it is like i get to choose happiness every day right i could go outside and bitch and moan about the weather 
or I could just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the life that I try to live and what I try to share with my friends. It's like my group of friends, dude, can I cuss? Say what the fuck you want. (laughs) Can I smoke weed? Yeah, go ahead. It's the fuck yeah energy, right? Like we have that energy. Like, do you want to go do something? Fuck yeah. If you don't have that energy, It ain't it ain't your day, you know. We could go do something else, but like it's always that good energy. Like, uh, we do the coolest things, man, and it's because we say yes first. Like, Lindsay Reeves is one of my best friends, and she's all over this community doing great things. And she'll tell you, like, we say yes first, and then we figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's a cool, pretty cool way to live your life. What does Lindsay Reeves do for the community? Uh, she works for the state right now, but she's been a part of nonprofits and uh, grant writing and a bunch of other. Take things. a drink if you want. Uh, a bunch of other things here, so. Um, I have a, a really amazing circle of friends that put this community um, at the top of our priority list. And like I said, and just getting to watch the youth, watch you guys come up and grow. has been one of the coolest things for us. Cause we're kind of like middle of the road, right? We're almost, I'm almost 50 years old, man. I mean, I feel like, you know, as, as a youth, I'm, I'm 26. I just turned 26 last Thursday. Um, Happy birthday. Thank you. You know, so like youth, might be kind of wasted on me you know i'm kind of like like a young adult like you said your daughter was like i don't know if i i'm trying my my best to stay on top of what's happening you know in like pop culture music the my community surrounding you know the area i live but at, at some points you know you kind of you kind of get away from it but uh in in your in your uh community group that you've kind of made for yourself um do you feel like do you feel like there's like any like secret competition be- between like any of these like local leaders that everyone anyone is just kind of self self uh like in motivated? it for themselves? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think you see that. I think and I think that's pretty uh it's pretty transparent. Like mm-hmm. we know the people. Everybody as soon as I heard you say that thought about somebody, mm-hmm. right? I thought about a couple of people. I'm not going to say them out loud, but we know who you are. I know we know who you are. <laughs> and we know what you're doing, right? Um and there is that self-serving side of it. And sometimes that self-serving side of it serves the community because mm-hmm. you have to be a champion, right? They tease me all the time at work because I say, like, uh, you have to have a champion for something to be successful. You have to be the champion for this podcast for it to be successful, right? We're in your space. This is your equipment. This is your time. This is your place. You're paying the bills on this thing. You're the champion for this. If you were to walk away from this, would it still stand? You know, and so... um it's not necessarily self-serving, but you're the you're the person who wants this more than anyone else. And so but it serves a higher purpose. It serves another group. And so in That's a true. way, it's OK to be a little self-serving, you know, it's uh, a good point. But you have to still be able to build those relationships. You still have to be able to build that trust. You still have to have that cohesiveness. And at some point we're going to disagree. And how are we going to handle that disagreement? Mm-hmm. Right. Are we going to be adults about it? Can we can we give and take a little bit? Or are we just going to break off because neither one of us can? That's the that's the whole United States right now, right? Totally. We're not giving an inch. We're not giving an inch. And there's a whole bunch of people in the middle that are missing out, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, being able to put your ego aside, create good relationships that are solid, that we know that we can trust each other and we're going to do the right thing for whatever it is that we're working on, I think is the important part. What about like... Uh Haters. You got any haters that just kind of... Oh, I don't think I got any haters. No? They might be out there, but they're little secret haters. Really? Yeah, no, I don't think there are any out there, though. I try to be kind. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, c- kindness and, and compassion are important to me. And, like, treating everyone nice. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's going to be people that don't like you for whatever reason or, or whatever, you know? But um, 
I don't think that that's the case. And I, and if there is, I, I'm not putting any energy to it. You know what I mean? I don't give any energy out to anything that doesn't serve me back, you know, in a positive way. Yeah. As you shouldn't. Yeah. I don't, I could get halfway through a news article, man. And if it's too negative for me, I could walk away from it. Right. Cause I don't want to carry that with me for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. The reality is out there, but, um, we don't have to focus on it. Yeah. That's a positive outlook, man. I wish, I wish everyone had that outlook because that's, that's a rare thing just to, just to be able to live in that mindset is, is totally rare. Look at Mike Tyson. Like, what do you want to be angry for? You know what I mean? Like, he'll tell you, like, there was this angry side of me that lives in that cave. And you don't, want it to, you, you don't have to bring it back out. We could go on with the rest of our lives and never have to look back on that. We don't ever have to, like you say, focus on the negative side of it. Sure, there's bad things going on. Poverty is an issue. Homelessness is an issue. Um, housing is an issue, right? We could work on the positive sides of that. But if we focus on the negative side, we're never going to cr- come up with good solutions, right? Um, you're going to be dealing with that too coming up. You know what I mean? Like oh, you yeah. got, you're going to have to deal with all of those issues and there's going to be a lot of negativity and haters. And there's going to be things that you don't always understand, but trust the people that do understand those things. You know what I mean? And listen to those folks. Like I think sometimes we get to the point where we want to be the one in charge and we want to be the leader of this group, but you're surrounded by people that are all good at something, mm-hmm. you know, and trust those people for what they have and what they can offer you especially if you're going to be running this city, you know, bring in the smartest people and then listen to them. Definitely. Yeah. Um, when I, when I run this city, I will bring on the smartest people I can around me and we will change Pueblo because right now it's a mess. It's got a lot of potential. It does. It We're does. working on that's, it. That's just kind of my slogan. Pueblo, no, yeah. it's a mess. <laughs> Pueblo is a mess. Get that on that shirt. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, city, yeah. city government though. Um, are you in, are you involved? Are you, are you interested at all? Uh, I'm not interested in being a part of city government. I'm interested in the people that run our city government. Definitely. I'm really interested in local government. I like the uh, I like the barbin. I like the little drama we get to watch on Monday night. Right? I'll mm-hmm. sit in my hot tub on Monday night with my computer plugged in and watch city council and drink a few beers and just try to soak up everything that's going on. You know what I mean? Like nationally. A lot of that stuff doesn't affect us, right? If yeah. you don't watch the news, you don't know what's going on nationally. Um, but this stuff that's happening, small universe, like we're running into these people at events. We're seeing them in the community. You know, we get to talk to them. We have access to them. Um, and then we watch them go up there on that dais and they argue about things that we think are totally ridiculous. But um, Or they're not doing things that we think we should, right? You, There is a bureaucracy to everything. There is red tape to everything. I can't just say that my road needs fixed and somebody's going to snap their fingers and come fix it. You know, there is uh, always something bigger than that. But as far as local politics go, I love it. I love it. What do you think of uh, current mayor? Uh, you know what? I think he was most definitely the right person for that job to be first. Mm-hmm. Uh, the legalities of it, the, what I thought, I never thought he would even see that seat. In that first year, I thought that we were going to be tied up in lawsuits for that first mayor and a bunch of stuff. And he's an attorney. He understands how the law works. And you listen to him talk, you know, and sometimes trying to explain those things. Uh, Not everybody gets it. It's a little bit over people's heads. And I think that maybe that makes people look at him differently. But when you're the first, you have to navigate all of those things, all of those legal battles, all of the stuff that. Uh, no one's had had to do before. You're setting that precedent. Um, and I think he was the right person for that job, you know, especially at that time. Yeah. It, 
Um, he was the first mayor in what? It was was eighty eighty years, something like that. Yeah, something like that. It was it was long enough to where since he was a child, basically. Since yeah, that, there was since no since book was on that. Like there was nothing that they could say. Oh, the last guy, per, the last person did this, or um, we got away with this before. Like you're starting kind of over, you know. And um, I'm really glad that we get to keep that mayoral system. So had we gone back to city manager, I feel like we do take. They wanted to push that as Pueblo doesn't have a choice where if you're voting for a mayor every four years, we 100 percent have that choice to vote in and out the people that we think are doing the best job. Mm. And yep. the mayor's my boss. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I work for the fire department, oh, so we're yeah. a city government, right? That's true. Um, so it does make a difference. You do want the right person in that position because they are managing the budget. They're managing um, all of the things that happen in the city, you know, infrastructure, uh, public safety, streets, all of that stuff. And so. Uh, I root for the mayor just like you should root for the president. It doesn't matter who it is. You want them to do the best job because for me, working for the government, uh, that 100% affects my life, you know, and my livelihood. I think, I think the separation comes from, uh, you know, we haven't, we haven't had a mayor in 80 years, but, like, what's uh, ironic is, like, the mayor is, what, 70 years old. You know, it's, there's a disconnect between the ages of the people leading and the people, you know, maybe – just being unaware of how they're being led. Like, no one my age, no one in their, I would say, 18 to 35 is, I would say, a very small population is going to those Monday meetings or even watching them or even knows that they go on, you know, uh, once every two Mondays or whatever it is. And uh, just the age is the number one thing, I think, that just kind of separates people. And I think we see it on that council, right? We have a younger group mm -hmm. of people now on there. Um, and an older group of people, and they sometimes agree, sometimes they don't. But at least now, it's not like before where they were all 70 years old on city council making those decisions, right? We have Heather and Sarah and Vicente. Um, and so there is a little bit of a younger side to it, nothing against the other side. Um, but they actually get to have those communications, those discussions. Some people already have their hay in the barn. They're looking at retirement. Um, some people aren't even looking at Pueblo, right? <laughs> Had even being here. True. And then there's these people, these young entrepreneurs, um, advocates, uh, community folks that are in those ranks and they're helping to guide how this city is going. And it takes time. You know, it's never going to be perfect, but I think what they're doing um, is the best they can do with what they got, right? There is a bureaucracy to everything. There is always going to be someone who doesn't agree and we're going to have to deal with that or they're going to have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I, win, when I win Pueblo Mayor, I'm going to donate three fourths of my yearly salary to uh, school, school scholarships, um, local charities, uh, the Casa Charity. I want to do, I want to do more. I want to put, I want to be the first one to put my money where I, where my mouth is. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be just some person making too much money that they, people think they're making too much money and they're not doing anything with it. Okay. When you break it down by the hour, mm -hmm. I can't imagine. You see the mayor, you even well, city council doesn't even make that much money, and they have to seven hundred dollars a month, and they're everywhere. Uh, break that down by the hour. Even the mayor's pay, whatever he's at, one hundred fifty thousand dollars, one hundred fifty thousand dollars for every hour he's at every event, every bike ride, every other thing like that. Probably breaks down to like twenty five bucks an hour at the end of the day, you know. Um, which is why I don't want any part of local politics. Mm. I like my time. I want to go to where I want to go. Um, but but the pueblo mayor, I mean. Going to all those small events, like, do you need to go to those events? Is it just a, just a safe face? Like, it, was your time? Would your time be properly used somewhere else? M most likely, they want to see you. 
They do. You're going to learn that. You're going to eat a lot of green chili. What do we? What is the Pueblo like? It's fried chicken, uh, spaghetti. Sloppers. Green chili. No, at, just at like the convention center. Oh, You're okay. going to eat that mushroom chicken. <laughs> it's the same meal over and over and over again. All that buffet food. You're going to be eating five nights a week. You know what I mean? And then you're going to be going to the luncheons, having that chicken again with that wild rice. You know, all them desserts. Mm-hmm. It's going to start adding up. Yeah, I I see your point, but. I agree. And, and Could you be in the office? Doing different things. Crunching numbers? Yeah. Absolutely. And the hope is that they are doing that, right? And when you look at that position, there are people that he's hired under him to do a lot of those things. And so, like, it goes back to hiring the right people for the right positions and then managing those people, trusting the things that they're doing and listening to them. Mm-hmm. You know, Laura Solano is an amazing person. She's one of the smartest people I've ever met. She's doing a whole bunch of that stuff, I'm sure, um, and doesn't get to be the face out there, you know, like I said, eating at every single dinner that this community holds. That's got to be um, a little bit taxing. And like I say, it's uh, it can't be an easy thing to do, especially going through COVID. Yeah. Holy cow. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it's an easy thing to do. I'm just. I'm saying that there's a there's a disconnect from the underrepresented underrepresented people in Pueblo that just feel like they don't aren't being accounted for. That they don't care. That you know their vote doesn't matter. They don't have enough money. It's just like how do we how do we get those people involved rather than the people that are going to these every every community event that are going to eat the same stuff. Exactly you know? right. You can't. What you said. The underrepresented can't afford those hundred dollar. A meal yeah plates right and uh like i joke all the time like all these things that i do in the community pueblo has talent uh dancing with the pueblo stars actually i just did i forgot to say i did the miss pueblo pageant too the other day but like those ones that charge tickets like i work those events just so my mom could get a ticket to come and have dinner and to watch the show right because she can't afford my mom and dad can't afford to go to every dinner every night yeah. i can't afford to go to dinner every night you know and so um like you say, there is that part that's underrepresented. They're not at those places, at those fundraisers. They're huge, not at those events because huge part. huge part of it. You know, we're filling that place with 500 people. This is a pretty big community. 500 people is a small representation of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do get what you're saying there. And that is where you're going to have to get out and you're going to do those community meetings, right? The gatherings, the picnics, where they're going to get to come and talk to you. And, and then you have to I feel filter, like you'd be a good mayor. filter through all of that stuff. You'd be a great like city leader. I'm too young. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's a retirement job. Where do you go from being the mayor? You're going to think about this. You're 26. If you do eight years, you're going to be, what, 32 when you come out of there? Well, you'll probably be 33 by the time the election's over. President. President. They're going to be right there. Governor something. Yeah, you got to keep moving up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to get closer to the mountains. I ain't trying to get closer to the city of Denver, dude. I'm trying to get to where there's more trees than people. So That's uh, fair. Um, but yeah, like, what do you do after that? County commissioner seats, you know, and uh, those are important seats to be in. And like I say, that getting younger people in there that have a different view of what's going on, um, that are hungry still. You know what I mean? I don't have all my money in my money market accounts and my Roth and my retirement, and I could leave this thing anytime I wanted and go disappear somewhere. Like the people that are hungry that are coming up, that are going to be, that need this community to thrive for themselves and their families and those are the people um, that are important you're one of them people wow thank you speaking of that 40 under 40 how does that work so those are the top 
I don't know. I was uh, I wasn't this successful when I was less than forty. I was still trying to figure it out. And I'm not saying this is successful, but um, I wasn't in the mix when I was. Uh, 39. So I've never even been to a 40 under 40. So I'm really excited wow. about just getting in there and uh, introducing these folks. But these are like the 40 um, top people in business and community uh, in Pueblo that the Latino Chamber has identified. And so I'm sure that there's a nomination process, a vetting process. And then um, as far as I know, my job's going to be up there to introduce them, read their stories. Uh, and then let them all get together and gather, right? That's probably a good place to get a ticket to go hang out and meet some other young cats that are doing cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, I would love to go to that. I would love to. I'm going to try to be on there next year. I don't know what I have to do. I'm going to. There you go. Pay the Pueblo Chieftain to write a good story about me this time, and I hope you'll make it on there. Yeah, keep doing good things, right? And that's the other part of it is, like, these are the 40 people that have been identified. We imagine that there's so many other people out there doing good things, right? There's how many coaches are out there, teachers are out there doing good things, mentors that are out there doing good things. And so we're going to recognize that 40, but that doesn't mean that that's the only group of people that are out there doing amazing things in this community. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, I think when I mean, when I envision 40 under 40, I, what the Forbes list has the 30 and 31. Oh, yeah. I think so I think you know, I envision like most successful entrepreneurs um, not I mean, sadly, I don't really picture like, you know, my my cousin's fourth grade teacher, but they are doing a difference in the community. But I guess those just don't really align with uh, like the already historical, like 30 under 30, 40 under 40. Yeah, they're those. not millionaires. They're not getting paid what they're worth. Our teachers, are they? Yeah, no, exactly. I have a lot of teachers are involved here with the show and they always tell me about it. Yeah, that's a tough job, man. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine it. I go into the schools and I work with the kids and uh, I used to be like. Sure, I'll come and take over gym class for the whole day. Dude, I would be so tired when I would get home, like, completely exhausted. I don't know how our teachers do it day in and day out. And now, like, if I come to a school, like, three hours, that's the limit. Really? <laughs> that's all I could do. Like, it's so much energy. And I try to match energy with the kids, you know. And uh, you put my 46-year-old ass up there and a bunch of six-year-olds, they're going to run me down. I had, like, 50 preschoolers the other day. Um, Dang. Yeah just worn out i was like done what, what are you doing just like making them run around play games like yeah, so uh, our fire fit kids program is uh, like an obstacle course so mm. the kids pull a fire hose they drag it they crawl through a tunnel which is like crawling low in smoke we have some safety aspect to it stop drop and roll and crawl low in smoke um then they drag it they rescue a victim uh carry some weights uh, and it it's that cheering for each other teamwork side of things that mm. it is and so uh, i get them out there and i try to wear them out and it doesn't they're wearing me out. Yeah, I feel like you would thrive like or with, with like uh like eighteen to like twenty three year olds. Like you 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 could really like make them click about oh no, I could I could go down this area, but I also I could go down this way. You know, you have a you have a personality that's kind of um inspiring, I guess would be the word. Oh, thank you for that. Yeah. And th- th- and that's a group that I don't see that much, honestly. Like uh I've talked to some high schools, I've been to Paragon. Um, before and talk to some of those kids uh, but yeah i don't have like i don't have access to that group of like you said that age group our fire department used to have an explorer program that was high school age kids and they would come in and get to do all the fire they did all the same training that we did and we just don't do that anymore and that's something that i like to see come back but um i'm working with that <clears throat> elementary to middle school age right now yeah i could i could see uh you doing like a like a TED style talk at like CSUP, you know, just kind of a, That'd be fun. Like a motivational, you know, like um, 
you are like your worst enemy, but your greatest asset type type of conversation. Yeah, and seeing the bright side of things. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, all right, what about uh, what about what about the Pueblo Has Talent Talent Show? I want to get to the three freaking dance troops that won. That is kind of bullshit. You think three dance troops, bro? So, you can't decide <clears throat> the number one dance troupe and then give you a singer and a. I think what happened was. Colorado Springs came down. That team that took third was from Colorado Springs. Oh, really? Yeah. I think they came down and they raised the bar. Mm. And then Pueblo stepped up. And I think when you were judging as a judge, that Springs team was phenomenal. Then the Pueblo team stepped up and did a better job. So now you got to score them better than this group. Mm. Then South Pack did a better job. Now you got to score them better than this group. And all of a sudden, everybody else who wasn't in a category kind of falls off right and there's a there's a part of that uh voting and scoring that goes to the crowd too mm-hmm. if you bring a 30 person oh. dance troupe yeah you got two. each one of those yeah. people brings three people yeah we got 90 extra votes you know what i mean and so if you're just an individual up there singing um you're not you don't have the same vote tally that everyone else has and we try to i know that jesse sets it up to be as fair as possible and it is what it is you have to sell tickets you know in order to have that beautiful venue for two weeks um, and to, to pay the prizes, there's $8,000 in prize money every year. And so you got to sell the tickets in order to sell tickets. You got to make them, let them have a vote. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes a difference, right? Cause gosh, South pack was how many kids this year? Eight kids, I think something mm-hmm. like that. But the whole um, place was cheering for him from left yeah. to right down in front and down in the back. Like every single person was cheering for him. Yep. Second street dance company did good. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was cool this year, it kind of. Uh, they did a good job of getting those votes calculated and, and up to us in a hurry. Yeah. But people waited till the end to turn in their tickets. You know, their vote, their ticket was their vote for whoever they wanted to win. And normally, I always thought, like, if I'm there to see contestant number 13, I'm just going to write 13 on that ticket, drop it in the bucket when I walk in there, and then that's going to be it. But True. a lot of those people waited till the very end, and I, I hope that they voted for the person that they thought was the best not just the best yeah not there. just the person that they came to see yeah and so and we had that place full that yeah. whole down was full man and so uh yeah three dance group is different though i'd never seen that before not yeah, in my I, time at all i know i mean like an honor- honorable mention in my head that uh the opera singer was oh phenomenal, my gosh man she, she just didn't have the crowd or the like the stage presence she just kind of was a little bit sa- quiet into herself too too much like, in that one spot yeah she, she should have th- hit him with the uh yeah her voice though holy cow yeah man that's the best like the biggest voice i've ever heard in person like to get and i don't get to watch most of the time like i'm doing stuff backstage i'm dealing with the people that are about to come up um they can't find their music or they're trying to give me their card and so i i very rarely get to see what happens on that stage but when that girl started hitting those notes Mm -hmm. like i had to stop and watch because that was something like like I said, I've never heard anybody with the voice that big in person. That's pretty incredible. She didn't need a microphone. Yeah, honestly. No, and I think I even said it when she was done. Like, her voice was the reason that people build buildings like that. Mm-hmm. You know, was for people, performers like her. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, but truly just the thought of the three dance troops, like, was like, I was like, wow. It's basically just if, I mean, as a joke, as a joke, it told a message like, Oh, if you want to win Pueblo's Got Talent next in 2024, just be a dance group. You never know what the judges are looking for, though. Well, I guess it was South Pack. We had the Aerialist. Which were great. The Aerialists. The Aerialists are good. And there's more and more of them, so now they're starting to split the vote, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when there's only one Aerialist and your whole gym's coming out to vote for you, 
That's true. Is one thing when you bring in three aerialists or two or however many we had. Now you're splitting those votes too, you know. And so uh, I don't know if there's strategy to that or just wanting to get up there and perform. But Jesse does a good job of bringing those people back for other things. Like those singers may not have won that day. But they'll be back. They'll be performing for other local events. They'll be mm. um, on the Coke stage or the Pepsi stage or whatever it is at the Colorado State Fair. That Pueblo has talent. Top 25 usually performs there, too. And so oh, wow. uh, it's not the end of the road for these folks. And, they get and you know, they're doing open mic nights. Rick G's doing open mic nights. Mm -hmm. uh, Molly Bilker and Andrew Vandegrift are doing open mic nights. You know, Xenon and Morgan are out there doing open mic nights. And so uh, we get the opportunity to go out and see them, too, in the community. And then... Like, for me, to get to watch them on that stage, man, there's no cooler feeling than to watch them folks walk out there and they get to look out on that crowd and see that crowd that's there for them is pretty special to me. Mm -hmm. uh, what, uh, my, you know, one of my favorite parts was that little girl mariachi singer. She's oh. so cute, man. And then last year, she was, like, a little bit younger. And then, like, this year, she's, like, just, a, like, a few inches taller. Is a little bit more, yeah. a whole lot more personality, though. Huh? Yeah, and they were like hiding her. They told me when they first got there, uh, they know how to they know how to perform that group. So oh, yeah. they used to be a dance group, mm -hmm. um, and then COVID hit, mm -hmm. and they didn't have enough room at their house to dance. Oh, wow! And so they were like, "Well, let's just learn how to play instruments." Oh wow! So they went from being a like a flocorigo dance group to mariachis over COVID, and they've been in that top twenty five every year and that little girl just keeps getting better and better like uh she was in denver or cripple creek or something like that last weekend performing and mm -hmm. then she's here just being a little monster man a little performer and an entertainer and she's gonna be something special because she's got personality honestly beautiful voice too mm -hmm. man but yeah i was just those two acts alone i was surprised like wow like just just like the the optics you know, you know, I'm, I understand the judging is is non-biased. You know, they those three groups did the best with the numbers provided, like the tens. They got tens or whatever the scaling was, but just the the optics of the three dance groups just I know boggled me. And the rest of the crowd, a lot of people around me were like, "What?" Even when I got the results, like I looked at them three times. I was like, I looked at her. I looked back at them. And I looked again. That's right. That's right. Like. And like I said, I have nothing to do with how that's yeah. judged. I don't, like I said, I don't know who wins until I'm standing up there too at the very, very end. And so that was, a, it's different, mm -hmm. you know? And like I said, and then we'll see what happens next year. If we end up with 25 dance groups in the top 25. Might as well name it. <laughs> what, like, what's that show? America's Next We dance already group? have Dancing with the Pueblo Stars. Oh, yeah, I do yeah. that in July. How, how do you become a part of that? How do you get involved in Pueblo's uh, Dancing uh, with the Pueblo Stars? Dancing with the Pueblo Stars. Uh, is usually an invitation so mm -hmm. they'll invite people who are uh relevant at the time to the community so people that are like business owners or some politicians uh, we always try to have like a firefighter and a police officer in there i saw matt smith and jenny in there yeah matt and jenny are in there always relevant in the community um and so that's kind of like an invite thing some people uh start reaching out to me or terry weldon puts it on at pdi uh, they start reaching out like that night you know what i mean like they're ready for next year oh, wow. and so um, we, we normally try to keep about 15, hoping that, you know, people are going to drop out. I know that the year that I did it, uh, some people dropped out and it's just hard. Like I danced for four months to be able to go up there and actually be kind of proficient. And so, oh, well. uh, not everybody's a dancer. Yeah. No, which... I, I couldn't dance probably. <laughs> yeah. No, no way. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, but it was kind of fun though. I got to go to, uh, R and R dance studio twice a week and, you know, stretch and dance and kind of live that life for a little bit. And so. Uh, 
uh, it was fun and people have fun. And um, like I say, if you want to do that, reach out to Terry for next year and at PDI and uh, she'll try to get you on the list. And like I said, and then it just goes with who they think is it's a fundraiser who they think is going to raise the most money. Right. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So we raised uh, almost one hundred thousand dollars last year for PDI. Oh, wow. That's that's insane. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was a little bit above our goal for sure. And like I say, that that part of the responsibility for me to try to help raise money for an organization like that, that's doing such wonderful things with our adults with developmental disabilities um, is pretty special. So I, I'm I'm really excited to be a part of that again this year. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to go watch all of these. And I think I think the gr- the thing that kind of hurts Pueblo's like growing art scene, because you said there's a lot of there's a lot of young people doing their thing. The, the marketing, no one is like, it's hard to, if you're not involved already in the circle, it's hard to like hear the word outside of the circle, you know, it's, oh, it's, I don't know. It's, the, it's hard to be in every circle. Like, true. I think I'm in the circle. And then I go on Facebook, right? Saturday morning. Like, oh, shoot. How did I miss that dinner? Oh, where was that dinner? Oh, I didn't, I wanted to go to that. Mm-hmm. It's hard to stay um, in all of those circles, but 100%, like you said it marketing social media um understanding the importance of its presence uh pueblo has talent is starting to come around to that too like um we're not the youngest cats running this thing you know what i mean and we don't have that huge social media presence and so uh, i'm saying it right now i want to do pueblo has talent marketing for 2024 there you go jesse Senna. give him a call we'll do it we'll do it right we'll get every single pueblo-based musician that doesn't have the platform that doesn't have the opportunity to maybe even be driven there. Cause there's a lot of musicians that just don't even have a mic, but they have the skill and we've talked to a lot of them here. Yeah. I mean, we, even this, uh, this week, like that, one of them kids went up and sang acapella, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's pretty incredible. And that's, that's some talent, man. Like I could sing in the car, but you turn the radio off and it's going to get ugly quick. Yeah. They, and the crowd started clapping. I was like, that's not how the song goes. <laughs> yeah, but, they, I like, think they were trying to get the beat for him yeah. or something. Like, um, like that's the, okay, but I, I see it, but yeah, no, I, I felt that too. Cause he was the last one. So I got to watch him go. Cause I didn't have anything after him. And yeah, when they started clapping, I was, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, Oh, one, don't wash him out. Cause yeah, don't, yeah. don't get louder than him. Cause he's got no, there ain't no music or nothing else to help him, but he did good. And that's, that's gotta be hard to put your name in there and then just show up up there and sing. Totally. So, but he did a good job that that young kid with the piano was pretty amazing oh, yeah. too. I spoke to him after the show. I, I told him, go home tonight, make an Instagram, put videos on Instagram. Yeah. That's all it, it, like you said, it's, it's understanding the, the, the marketing side of it. You know, like, uh, I talked to my daughter, like some of the stuff that she's doing is absolutely incredible editing video and going out and do stuff. They're bringing like Waka Flocka here. And, oh, really? Yeah. Like, wow. um, they're just the, the ability to get out and reach the community, like you said, how do we do it? You know what I mean? How many Pueblo community pages are there? Mm-hmm. You know, how many Pueblo yard sale pages are there? They don't all come together. And even in our, uh, like the nonprofit world, like I do a lot of uh, advocacy with youth and, and in the community. And even when we get together, you know, these are professionals with degrees and grant funding. And it's hard to make sure that all of that information stays relevant, that all of that information stays up to date, that there's one central place for it all. You know, we could call it, say that that's Facebook, but then you get on Facebook and you still miss everything. You know, I'll run through that events page every once in a while just to see what's going on. And that's a pretty good resource, but uh, it's, it's hard to be in all them circles at one time, you know? You're right. 
<laughs> You're right, and that's what we're gonna do. Um, do you have any advice to young people that maybe look up to you or maybe want to be where you're at or kind of just want to be a better or beacon in the community? I think the most important thing is like to start to build compassion, you know, like, um, and this is what I say to everyone. Like, if you want to change the world, like start in your home, right? Bring love into your home and then extend that out to the people on your block. We don't even know our neighbors anymore. You know, start to meet your neighbors, start to help them out. There's people on your block that need their snow shoveled or whatever. If you still have energy after that, expand it out to your community, do a community project, right? A park cleanup or do some signage. If you still have energy after that, like you're doing, go after your city as a whole, sit on city council, go for that county commissioner, sit on some boards and commissions, understand like, like I hate to keep going back to it, but like the bureaucracy of it, we don't just get what we want because we want it, especially when it comes to government. But as a kid, being able to communicate, being compassionate, being loving, listening. <clears throat> People older than you have tons and tons of advice. You just have to listen to it and accept it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yeah, that's what a lot of people, a lot of younger people kind of get it messed up. We kind of have a shorter attention span, you know, and these long-winded conversations kind of get overlooked sometimes. But I've learned so much from just from this alone. Yeah, and that we all got something to share, right? I, le- I learned something from you. Like, we could always increase our... Our presence, our marketing, our, our availability, you know, listening more too. because um, <clears throat> I might be the exception because I still want to be young. So I listen more to the youth and I appreciate every part of it, man. I used to joke all the time. Like, I love seeing hipsters in our town because the coffee got better. The art got better. The music got better. Right. I could go sit on a patio now and listen to somebody play music, even on the river walk for free. Somebody out there playing a saxophone. Oh, yeah. That's amazing to me. That's big city stuff that I never thought we would see here. And so um, I'm excited about it all. And like the presence, if you're a kid coming up and you want to do good things, like you have to start being a good person, you know. And if you've done bad things in the past, like people will overlook that. You know, if you you can change, you can change how how you're perceived. And even when I do events and people are nervous. I tell them all the time, like, you're going to go up there. You're going to stumble. You're going to stutter. You might trip a little bit. But you know what? The next person that comes after you is going to do the same thing. And they're going to take that focus from you to them, to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. And by the time you leave, people are only going to keep the parts that they want to keep. Right. So go up, go out, do your thing, do it to the best of your ability, stumble, fall, get back up and succeed. And so even when I work with kids in the community, I it's <clears throat> I don't even educate the kids as much as I do the parents and teachers anymore. Let your kid fail. Mm-hmm. Then watch them succeed and see the different look in their face. You know, our, I work with teachers all the time and they're like, oh, my babies can't be carrying anything heavy. It's, it's too heavy for them. No, stop. Let them try. Let them fail. And then watch them figure it out and look at the happiness on their face when they succeed. Right. And so we have to go out there. We have to fail because we have to know what it feels like. We have to work bad jobs because we have to know what it feels like. You appreciate it more. You know, I appreciate my job now because I've had some of the worst jobs you could ever imagine. Anyone who's carried drywall or roofing for a living um, knows that that's a tough job. You know, been dirty, been cold, construction, uh, those things like those are hard jobs. They're tough and you got to work them. Somebody's got to do them, you know, Um, but then to get to do what I do now, I'm so much more appreciative of what I get to do now because I know what other people are going through, you know, and. People say all the totally. time, like, your job's hard or uh, it's dangerous. 
I wouldn't want to be a garbage man in this community or someone who works on the highway. Like to me, those guys' jobs are dangerous because nobody's paying attention. You know, those folks' jobs are way more dangerous than mine. I should pull up in a fire truck with ten thousand dollars worth of lights. You know, these poor folks are out there just trying to survive to make a living, and so. Um, I'm way more appreciative of what I get to do and, and where I'm at. And anyone that wants to come up, just start looking at the bright side of things and focusing on the good and, and making that positive change, like I say, in your house where you're at. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. I love that. And thank you so much for coming. I appreciate all your time and all your wisdom that you just shared with everyone. I would love to have you back um, right with more people here so more people can pick your brain about stuff because, you know, we, don't, we were here for an hour and I feel like we could – I didn't think we'd two. fill an hour, dude. I was going to text you and be like, I don't know if I got that much to say. Oh, uh, no. We could <laughs> we could easily go for like two, two and a half, I feel like. Yeah, I, I imagine that. It's a good conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and it's, on the, it's on the right side of where we need to be. Great conversation. Do you want to tell the people where to follow you, where they can um, keep up with you and stuff? Uh, so you can follow our uh, Facebook page, Pueblo Has Talent. Um, Dancing with the Pueblo Stars is coming up. Uh, 40 Under 40, that's through the Latino Chamber. And then, like we said, just follow those event pages and start to support the people that support the community, right? Get out and go to open mic nights. Do all of those things because this is the talent that's going to be making a difference in the in our community. All right, guys. Sorry. Tim Trujillo, Street Champs. Come get put on. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. All right. Peace. Thank you. What's up, guys? We just hit 1,500 subs. We're trying to make it 2,000. Help us out and hit that subscribe button. Thanks for watching.